I'm Logan. I'm Jess. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Legion podcast. Finally, a show that isn't Mr. Robot. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's been Mr. Robot all the time for like six months. (laughs) It has. It has, which is pretty funny. Which... No, that sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining, but apparently it drove away my other co-host. So, <laughs> Oh, no. Yes, I'm sure as everyone has noticed, there's a different, very different voice on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's not Ryan. Um, if you've been listening to the rewatch, you know I've kind of been doing these like five or six minute like, here's me rambling about the episode I just watched. And here's the old episode. That we recorded after we watched it the first time. And just dropping that in the feed. So that at least there's something to kind of finish off the rewatch. Um, and so I've been, I, it's weird doing an intro by yourself for this show. When it's been like pretty consistent. Like just at least two people. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I did I did a couple of solo things. I was doing a Constantine run through and which I still haven't finished by the way I should probably finish that but yeah it is weird to talk at yourself <laughs> it's so good I know I really like it I'm still sad that it's just one season <laughs> well there was talk of we'll talk about Legion eventually yes. um there was talk about uh before they pulled the plug on the Swamp Thing show which is on the DC Universe streaming app yeah, uh, there was talk about Matt Ryan showing up as John Constantine in that show, which now is not going to happen thanks to stupid North Carolina tax credit laws and a bunch of misinformation. I won't get into all that, but Swamp Thing's not bad if you like horror shows. I don't know that it's worth the. Well, if you wait till it's all on there, it's definitely worth the. I think it's eight bucks for the DC Universe app. Something um, like that. There's a lot of stuff there. Uh, I wish the CW stuff was there, but I understand the whole like rights issue thing. Plus, they have their deal with Netflix still. So right. Oh, a lot of people are bailing off of Netflix. I feel like every other time I turn on something, it's you know, this is leaving Netflix. This is, you know, watch it all now. I'm like, great. They're losing the office, which I is know. huge. I mean, that's, that's insane. I, I have watched that show so many times, like just put it on <laughs> and do housework and like, or fall asleep watching it or whatever. I've probably seen it more or less seen it all the way through like four or five times. Yeah, uh, I have too. It's also been, I mean, on Comedy Central, they just run episode. I think it's yeah. Comedy Central. They're just like running episodes too. Um, uh, yeah, Netflix is taking a hit. So, yeah, we'll see. I know Warner Brothers is launching their app sometime next year, but apparently it's going to be this. There's going to be different uh, versions. There'll be like this all inclusive thing because. Time Warner, whatever, like HBO was a part of all that. So you'll be mm. able to get like HBO and uh, the 
like all the CW stuff, the Warner Brothers like movie archives and other TV shows that they own the rights to. And it'll be like all inclusive for like 30 bucks a month, which is a lot. But considering I think HBO is like $10 by itself or 12 bucks. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either because I don't have it. But yeah, I know it's I, I it's up there. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the way to do uh, it. <laughs> it's like I give you my Hulu login and you give me your HBO. Like jokes on you. <laughs> There's not that much on Hulu. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, and now Disney owns a majority stake in Hulu. I like, know. It's, it's, we we live in a weird world. It's like new cable wars. It is. The cable is too high. Give us like just this one platform. Now everybody wants their own platform. And it's going to cost me $90 a month to keep up with all this stuff. Which is why I still just have cable. <laughs> <laughs> and I just record as much as I can. Uh, it's the exclusive stuff that gets me. Like the, the Netflix exclusive shows are the... Uh, they're, well, there's not much Hulu exclusive. Um, but, you know, HBO stuff and... It's so tempting just to be like, well, I'm not going to pay for anything and I'll just illegally find it. Uh, yeah, that is always an option. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> until they come for me and I wind up in jail. But Well, yeah, I didn't say it was a good option. I just said it was an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Legion, the final season of Legion. All, all my shows are ending this year, Jess. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Um, I listen to your podcast, so yes, I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> a I, lot of my it, shows are ending too. I, I hear you. I've been depressed. <laughs> Everything I, I love is leaving television. I know. I can't even force myself to finish the last season of Jessica Jones, which is not a show that I adore, but I liked enough that I'm just like, this is it. This is all I'm ever going to get. <laughs> I know. I that is depressing. I I understand though because I feel like every everything is coming to an end, and I'm like, what? Why? What do you mean? There's there's no more. I mean, technically, there's no more like Avengers either. That whole Infinity War saga is done as well. Yeah. So, I think uh, that one hit me the hit me the hardest because that's well, been the longest investment for me. Yeah, I mean, a decade. Well, a little bit more yes. than a decade at this point. So. Yes. <laughs> watching all of this stuff kind of come to fruition and I'm so excited for Spider-Man but I so bummed that like it, it it I guess it's going to launch like a new era or whatever so we'll see interested to see if it actually is about alternate dimensions so I think yeah be a red herring I think it is too, but we'll see. I'm still going to go see it and find out. So, <laughs> so yeah, all of that to say Legion, it's a Marvel show that's also ending. So, yeah, there's that. Um, what did you think about the premiere? Um, I loved it. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I loved exactly like what they did with it, but it does kind of have me scratching my head as to how they make treat the rest of the season so there's okay. this whole interesting thing of when you bring time travel into something and yep. avengers kind of goes into that uh where you can just start rewriting everything um and 
they usually what they do is lay down like in Avengers some kind of rule of like, no, you have to put these certain things back so that you don't completely derail everything. Right. And I I'm really interested to see how Legion handles that particular problem with its time traveler, uh, which we're introduced to like literally off the bat. It's just like time travel or lessons in time travel. I'm like, Oh, okay. We're like straight up doing this. There's not even any like pretending that we're not going to have a time travel. It's just right from the jump. So cool. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it too. I was like, Oh, this is happening. And this is, this is happening like right now. Okay, cool. I like this. It's ambitious. Uh, we've, we've got a ways to go and we've already, already kind of messing with the timeline quite a bit so i'm interested to, to see like how they go from here and kind of what rules they end up establishing which i guess they kind of gave us a lot i did a lot of reading the first the first part of it there was it was like 20 minutes before there was a commercial it was crazy i don't know do you i don't know if you watch it um like live live but. yeah i did i i didn't think i was gonna get to monday nights i usually go to trivia with some friends mm -hmm. and I was doing the whole like yeah I said I'd go I forgot Legion was premiering I'm not going to be able to make it back in time to watch the premiere and then one of my friends like called off she was like I can't go tonight guys and that turned into this like cascade of people going like well maybe we just go next week we'll just skip this week and I was like oh my god thank you all so much <laughs> like, I did not want to be the guy that's just like yeah, I don't want to go. I want to stay home and watch TV. <laughs> you know, because they just be like, just watch it later. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. <laughs> I love this show. It is such a good show. But yeah, the first, it was like the first 20 minutes and it was a lot of sub subtitled, subtitled reading. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is kind of cool, kind of different. I wasn't really expecting to start there. Were they, I don't even know what, language they were speaking if it was it was either chinese or japanese but i don't know enough of either one to figure out which one it was uh yeah me either um and like that that we get um i guess it is almost the entire first 20 minutes of no character that we know mm -hmm. until uh she gets to the the uh the cult, the harem, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I loved it when she was like, is this a cult? And she's like, yes. <laughs> I know. There's no hesitation. Yes, it's a cult. I was like, this is awesome. This is a little crazy, but I, I, I fully expected Lenny to kind of end up being front and center as she ended up being kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Like it felt very Lenny to me, like that whole idea of the cult, especially because it is, is a very like woman centric thing. So <laughs> she said, <laughs> I like boys. Why? I, <laughs> that I, love, yep. I love yep. Audrey Plaza playing that Audrey, Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey there. Yeah. I, I love her. I love her yes. as that character. She's so, she's so great. I've, I do like the office. I do the parks and rec. What I kind of yes. alternate between the two. And it's so <laughs> weird watching her. Like there's pieces of that there, but she's such a like semi innocent person. And 
Lenny is so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so much more animated. Like her character on Parks and Rec is very subdued. Yeah, it's all in the eyes in Parks mm-hmm. and Rec. Just where her eyes are. Like she doesn't move a lot. So, and Lenny, yeah, is just kind of all over the place. Yes. And, um, so, uh, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I didn't, you took notes. I didn't take a lot of notes. I started taking notes and then both times I watched the episode, like by the time we got to David, I just stopped taking notes. So <laughs> I got so I, I pulled got into it. <laughs> I know I kind of did too. So like my, I said, I took notes, but like it's uh, my notes tend to be more of like reactionary. So I don't know. Um, but like, well, I'll, we'll just, I can just start with the first thing I noticed. So going back to the very beginning, like the way that Legion does its episode titles. And I know you talk about this on Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot a lot. So I was like, this is a little crazy because it's chapter 20 which I guess is season three, episode one, but then they call it chapter 13. Like throughout this whole saga, they have like different chapter markers than each actual, each actual episode, which is kind of odd, but. Yeah. It's like, so if you go back and watch season one and two, there are chapter markers in the episodes. Yeah. So, this lines up with those chapter markers, but it doesn't line up with the chapter marker. That is the episode title, which I I was, I'm completely with you. Like that messes with my head every (laughs) single time. So I'm pretty sure we talked about it in season two. I was like, this is so confusing to me. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess we'll see how long chapter 13 ends or how many chapters there are, but it was also titled bedtime is here. Yeah, I, that I was like, I, there's there's a message there, but I have no idea what it is. Yep, that's kind of how I felt too. I was like, I get, I got nothing. That doesn't even doesn't really relate to anything we saw with like any of the time travel. Any of her name is Switch, right? Any of her character yes. who is she's um I had the actress's name um Lauren. Sai, I'm gonna say T S A I, who has done like virtually nothing. She's in some show I've never heard of called Terrace House, uh, playing herself. So I'm assuming it's some kind of reality show um, huh. set in Hawaii. Oh, interesting. So this is, I guess you could say, a discovery. She's fantastic. Yes. I yes. just like forget the rest of the show. I want to know her story, what all of this weird little world that she lives in where she's very solitary, but there's other people around. And then I guess that's her dad that she talks to on the TV. Um, right. She brings him up later. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of like had breakfast together and it, it was weird. Cause I'm like, I can't tell if this is a recording or if like it's like supposed to be their version of like a FaceTime call or whatever, you know, like right. Legion just being weird. But I definitely got the impression that her current time period was different from David's. Cause it did it feel to you like when she started crawling through the tube or whatever that she was like going backwards in time, like from now to like say the seventies? Yes. Okay. 
Because I've always felt like, I don't know, I, were we supposed we're supposed to get that his timeline is it's in the seventies, right? I'm not crazy, or am I crazy? It, it's very, it it's, um, not specific enough that you could say, like, well, it's just, you know, sometime. But there's also so many things in season one and two that kind of point to, like, no, this is set in, like, the 70s or possibly early 80s. Yeah. Um, just yeah. The, the, A, the technology. Um, the, the clothes. The clothes are very, uh, I mean, they look like, a lot of them look like they stepped out of a spy film in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the, like, the suit jackets and like it's a black shirt underneath the jacket and it's yes. all, you know very kind of low rent James Bondish, um, but yeah, it, it does very much feel like the seventies. I mean, those when he's in the uh, the asylum, I, I know that it's a whole thing of like oh they all wear like low color. Uh, Everybody wears the same thing so that mm-hmm. nobody's visually triggered or anything. But there's like beige jumpsuit things that they're wearing. It's very 70s. <laughs> yeah, m- most of what they wear is very 70s. And another thing that I noticed is when we were first introduced to Switch, we see um, like her her dress is it seems like a little bit more modern. Like the colors that she's wearing are like screaming bright. She is like by far the brightest thing that you see like in her entire world that we get exposed to. Even like when she's walking on the street, like she very much stands out. And then as soon as she, you know, starts traveling backwards in time, her, you know, her they change her wardrobe and she comes a little bit more muted a little bit more it felt a little bit more 70s maybe early 80s to me and i freaking love that musical scene which yes this show's not a stranger to stuff like that I, I think the very first episode has a musical scene in it um but yeah i think that every so, premiere has had a musical scene in it yeah yeah, yeah. it it just it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's been a while. I forgot we did stuff like this. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I watched the first two seasons very quickly. So it's kind of it's it's kind of weird to actually have time to like watch an episode and think about it and digest it and attempt to figure out what's actually going on. I, I thought it was interesting that we... I mean, if you've been watching the show, you know it, but we don't get any real glimpse of like the bad guy version of David. I mean, there's the defending himself, you know, through the attacks, but you can easily read that as self-defense. Like there's Mm -hmm. no real hint of the David we saw at the very end of season two. um, Who true. looked pretty sinister and there's the whole like oh no in the future he's going to like end the world or whatever that prophecy is um that sid uh had you know communicated to her so um i know that's it's just weird to me it is and it's it's really interesting did 
there's there's one point. It is a very very small point, but we do see him talking to himself, yes. and his American version and his British version, which cracks yes. me up that they do that. I love that. It's so funny to me. But um, I was like, well, that's interesting. But the those are the only like two we saw. weren't in was it in the finale episode of season two where we saw three Davids. Because there was a British I, David, there was like a crazy like, town David, and then there was a relatively calm one. I feel like yeah. we saw calm David and British David, but we're missing crazy town. So it's got to be there somewhere, right? Yeah, where is he? Yeah. Um, um, did they lock him in a box somewhere? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting when things do go completely sideways and crazy David comes out to play. Um, mm mm-hmm. I, I love that we like just jump into like the raid on the the camp or whatever and mm. are like oh five minutes in you know to the raid David's lost an arm uh, a bunch of people are dead characters that I, I was like oh my god is this how this is gonna go <laughs> yeah I had <laughs> the same reaction I mean, he just like killed three or four main characters uh Hamish Linkletter's character. And I think it's in the second uh, time when she goes back and then comes back or we play through it again. He like does the thing where he like turns him into ash or stone or whatever against the wall. I was like, was that like, is that how he's going to go out? What is going on? (laughs) Yeah, I was having the same reaction because I was like, they're they're killing an awful lot of main characters here, including David. <laughs> so what uh, how is this gonna go? <laughs> but and, time and time see, travel to the rescue, I guess. Yeah. I, I love the way she time travels too. It it's so different from so many other shows that we've seen. Yes. It in a way, I mean, minus the obvious fast running, it does feel a bit like flash because she kind of goes into her version of the speed force yeah. and has like yeah. her different windows of opportunity where she could, you know, hop out in different periods of time. But I liked that it was like very clearly marked with, with timestamps and they, they dropped several hints about her not being able to go back super far in time. So I'm really interested to see how far back she does end up going by the end of the episode. Cause we know she has to have gone back pretty far. So I think there's this, um, I don't know. I used to be a really big reader. I don't know if you're a a big reader, Um, but I I used to be a a huge reader and only exclusively read Stephen King books, like just whatever he wrote. And he wrote a book called the Langoliers. Uh, They made it into a TV miniseries that was not very good, but the book fascinated me because it was about time travel. Have you ever read it? I have not read it. I have seen it when okay. I was young, but I have I am fami- relatively familiar with it. But I saw it's one of those things I would love to read. I I also really enjoyed Stephen King. <laughs> the the book is much better. Um, the miniseries. I remember like being so stoked for it when it was coming out, watching it and not hating it, but then revisiting it. Like in my probably, 
I don't know, early thirties, like just being like, Oh, I I love this and watching it and going like, Oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, I saw it when I was young. Like, oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the concept of the Langoliers, you know, but, um, so you can, so time is this linear thing and you can go backwards in time and forwards in time, but you can only go backwards so far and only non-living things still exist. So like you can't go back and interact with people, but like the places are still there, but only for a certain amount of time because these creatures called the Langoliers eat time. And so they're just like going behind us and just eating our timeline. So you can only go back so far before the Langoliers get you. And you can only go, I guess you can go ahead as far as you want, but you have to wait for everything to catch up to you because there's only living things exist in the present, not in the past or the future. And that whole thing with her, there's obviously some kind of creature that is, I don't know, stalking her or something that has to deal with her ability to go back in time. And it so reminded me of the Langoliers. Yeah, I think because I wrote this down because I was like, well, this is an interesting point. They said that she would risk waking the demon if she goes to goes back too far in time. I don't really know what that means, but it does feel very much like the Langoliers. Um, well, and there, there is a thing in the flash too. Um, I hadn't even thought about the flash comparison, but since you brought it up, there are the time, what are they called? Time race? Time race that are conveniently gone all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 They just, you know, never mind the fact that, you know, his daughter showed up from the future and completely changed everything. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. She's gone. It's cool. Uh, spoilers (laughs) for the flash. Sorry. <laughs> I really liked her character. And then at some point, I was just like, I can't believe we're still doing this. <laughs> it was such a rehash of season one. And like, I appreciate it when there's like good nods and good tie ins to like a first season, but I don't like it when it feels like you're just restating it. But let's not get started on the flesh. <laughs> Which um, I love, but that yeah. irked me. Anyway. I love the people on The Flash. I don't always love the stories on The Flash. <laughs> that is a fair statement. Um, but yeah, it it does feel like maybe the time rate thing. Um, like if she just, if she does too much, that there's uh, something that, you know, can cause some kind of disastrous effect. Um, and there's also the concept uh, that a mall... Farouk brings up which I would love to see explored I I think we only get eight episodes so there's probably not going to be time mm-hmm. but uh, he says that he's interacted with time travelers before including having a relationship with one and then he asks her is it true that you're all female yes that I had forgotten that point but that would yeah I oh that was so interesting I was like, oh, well, that's an, that's a new take on it for me. I've never like I've never I'm not as familiar with Marvel comics like by far. But is that a it's thing in the not, comics? No, at all? not at all. Okay. I mean, there's 
time travel very much it, well the, the x-men universe uh which legion is technically part of uh at this point in the comics solely exists to just keep traveling back in time and it's like a snake eating its tail they just keep uh like oh it's time travel oh it's time travel and, and in fact at one point there was this whole uh like giant event kind of like infinity war style event that was based on the fact that these characters keep traveling back in time and have now punched holes in like the fabric of space time and it's completely eroded and collapsing in on itself so thanks a lot oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> because they just can't stop traveling back in time um, but, uh, but yeah, the X-Men is, it's the time travel has gotten ridiculous, but there is, there's not a, only females can travel back in time. So like that concept, a, I would love to ask Noah Hawley, like, where did you pull that from? Is that like some, uh, is that from a myth or, you know, it has to have come from somewhere. Um, but I it was fascinated by that concept. Yeah, that is a fascinating concept. I would love for them to explore that a little more. Maybe we'll just keep getting some more exposition with Farouk and he, maybe he'll explore it for us. Maybe not like a like full on scenes, but just, you know, where he sits and chews some scenery for a while. He seems, He's so good. fills us in. I know. Oh, my gosh. Like I love, like I love to hate him. I still yeah. feel very conflicted. I because I am now actively yes. rooting against our heroes. <laughs> I, I guess I can't. I I Who's have the no. Hero? That's exactly it. Who's the hero? Who's the villain? They're all villains. I can't figure it out. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I and love it. What's gonna happen when Switch realizes that, like, she feels like she's saving this guy. Um. Just because, like, I, I, what is she, she tells him? She says, he's a man and you're a machine. Or you're a robot. Robot. Says. Yes. Uh, which I loved because, like, she apparently, I, there's that whole thing with her and her dad and robots. And I guess yeah. her dad has a thing for robots. So uh, she obviously has a distant relationship with him. So she talks about going in that room and pretending she's a robot. I'm assuming because obviously her dad loves robots. So she kind of yeah. like puts herself in that situation. So calling Farouk a robot like works on so many levels because she sees him as like this working for this like giant machine who's just trying to like stamp out any kind of individualism. But also, you know, like you're also this, you're a guy who's just doesn't really love uh, people. You just, you know, want things the way you want things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she finds out the truth about David, the real, like, straight up truth about David, what's that going to do to her? That's. Is a very interesting question. I was kind of wondering if she wouldn't maybe start to catch on as the episode went by, um, especially once she Farouk kind of caught up with her and it trapped her for a few moments. And I guess on the astral plane, is that where he yeah. was? Okay. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's that's interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how long it'll take her to figure it out and what will happen. 
But I did find the comments about robots and your dad really interesting. What what was the guy the guy with the basket on his head, who's like literally a robot? Isn't he also like Japanese of yes. or, of Asian descent? God, don't remember what they called him. Can't remember it either. But he was like kind of in charge. But he's basically oh God, what if that's her dad. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> what if, what if there's like a relationship there? But then it's confusing because it's like what time period are they in? If they're really in the seventies and she's technically from their future, like how does that work? But yeah, I would, that that's kind of that's kind of where my brain was going. I was like, what what if what if that is her dad? Because she only sees him on the TV screen. He's obsessed with robots. What if he really is a robot? Whoops. Anyway. I hadn't even thought about that. My mind is blown. Uh, right? <laughs> Mine was too. <laughs> that would be incredible. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. And, and God, the robot thing at the end, the way it like, does the actual title, you know, Legion with the little robot figures. Oh, my God. That was so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and with uh, her as well. I mean, they, she oh, yeah, the little robot figure. figure. Yeah. Um, Autonomy's back. <laughs> I didn't think we'd ever see that character again. I I honestly thought they straight up forgot about him and just left him like lost in the mainframe. It'd be interesting to see if his personality comes out anymore at all, or if he's just one of the oh god, what are their names? The creepy uh, mustache women. Why do I have a mustache? It's so great. <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> like I don't know, they did. I just figured. I I love those two. I hate that we didn't get to see enough of of them and their kind of interplay. And we only get it for that like five minutes where she's just like asking him all those questions. Yeah. She's such a badass. Amber Mid Thunder, I think yeah. is the actress's name. She's so freaking cool. When she like drops out of the ceiling and like whips out her sword, I was like, oh, this is incredible. <laughs> she's great like and see this is where i get conflicted because it's like i love watching the two of them but then the, the but then everybody is like kind of all against one another i don't know i i don't think i think i've gotten to the point where i i, I don't actually like sid very much yeah um did you catch her tattoos no so i did not when Amal comes out of the uh, astral plane and like projects himself back into their little flying base thing, which mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately made me think of like the Avengers, like the helicarrier. Yes. It's very much like the 1970s version of the Avengers helicarrier. <laughs> um, uh, so she's in like this little library thing when um, he goes to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And tell her about, you know, whatever they're going to get David and how she should stay there. Um, but there's a there's she has two tattoos on her wrists. Oh, one yeah. says me. And the I thought I thought for sure when it showed the me tattoo, I was like, we're going to get two on the other arm just because of. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I it ties so much into. Like what happened at the end of season two, and unfortunately, the current uh, Hollywood climate that you know we're yeah. continuing to learn about. Um, and I, this is gonna sound judgmental. I'm a hundred percent okay with that. I was like, oh wow, are they gonna do this? Um, but I, like my other reaction was like, all I'm going to see is 
oh, great. Now they're shoving this down our throats. <laughs> Legion. And I'm just like, oh, God, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, <laughs> I get enough of it when I talk about, like, start looking for Star Wars news. I'm like, uh, it's not an agenda, guys. <laughs> oh, it, it, agendas are things that people have. This is a thing that actually exists. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it that's happened. true. Um, but yeah, it says me first instead of me too, uh, which I thought, uh, also was, um, I don't know. I don't want to put, uh, words, I guess in the showrunner's mouth, but it felt very much like a, okay, there's me too, but there has to be something after me too. And if that's me first, then, to me, that just made sense. But also, I'm a 40-year-old white dude who, like, should have absolutely no say-so in any of this stuff. So, I, I like, I, I don't know what I'm, if I'm reading the wrong thing into it, but I very much dug it. So. I don't, I hadn't actually thought of that angle at all, but I didn't remember, like, now that you're mentioning the tattoos, I, I remember, like, seeing them, but I it my brain had like not made that connection surprisingly <laughs> but i think i mean the the whole idea of me first i mean especially just even in the context of the show like i mean i think it's it's kind of cool to think about that like just in like you said just in the current pl- cl- political climate i mean political climate i guess but like it, how everything is in hollywood or whatever but like within the context of the show because of everything that like happened with David and she, you know, she was like, well, he's my man, you know, and she always put him first. So I thought that was a cool twist. It's like, no, like I'm putting me first. Well, and and I mean, not to get too heavy handed, but it does speak to a lot of um, like the 1970s style thinking that unfortunately is still in early 1950s, 40s style, whatever uh, you just keep going backwards um, that unfortunately is still somewhat prevalent of like, you know, the female's place is to support, not to uh, lead. Right. So the idea of me first, like really, I don't know. It, it hit it home for me. And again, I'm uh, a 40 year old white dude who should absolutely have no say so, but stuff like that gets to me because I have uh, a boatload of nieces and uh, just the idea of anybody telling them like what their place in the world is like really pisses me off. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I actually got into a discussion this week with somebody about the movie Frozen. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, uh, well, wh- the sequel's coming out, so I know I want to take my daughter to see it. And she was, we were while well, we were talking about uh, Disney movies, and she, oh, I like The Little Mermaid. Oh, I like Beauty and the Beast. So, and I was like, yeah, like that's great. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be the guy who just uh, craps all over stuff that somebody likes. Um, my sisters like those movies too, but I just, I loathe them for the simple fact that like 
the whole story revolves around like you need this dude to make you who you are and it just pisses me off um <laughs> and like that's why i like frozen and it's like that movie's so annoying I'm like it's only annoying because you had to watch it eighty thousand times because you have a daughter like but the message behind that movie is brilliant and i think the most important movie disney's ever made she's like i don't get that i'm like it's not it's not about true love like in the traditional yeah. sense that people think like true love actually just winds up being her relationship with her sister mm-hmm. and i saw it in a theater with a bunch of little girls that I'm their uncle and the whole time they're just like, Oh, this is great. And I am like a mess in my chair. <laughs> just like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. Like, I hope y'all understand what this movie means. Oh, they, they will one day they'll get there. Uh-huh. It is. It does have a good message. I agree. I, I did enjoy it. I mean, every, everybody's kind of like got their thing. I mean, like as a woman myself, like, you know, I, I appreciate that you know it's kind of coming around to like a different mindset and a different way of thinking of like yeah like you know you you can do it on your own and there's there's nothing wrong with that I mean there's there's I mean you know if you're in you know you're into guys there's nothing, nothing wrong with that either like you know it's just it's whatever like your thing is and I, I think that's just what people need to kind of you know wrap their head around is like just just do you man come on just yeah. you do you <laughs> me first Exactly. Um, so yeah, I really all that to say, I really dug that tattoo, and that moment, as short as it is, really hit me. I was like, "Oh, that's incredible." Yeah. Of course, I could be completely misreading it, and it means something else, and I'll be like, "Well, I'm an idiot." So, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, but that's that's the great thing though about like this type of TV because it it means something different to everyone and it's kind of like its own art form in a way. I know that sounds really odd to talk about a superhero TV show like that, but I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it's a modern, I mean, it's modern storytelling, but it's, it's an art form in and of itself. And I think that's, what's brilliant about it is you can hit different people on different levels and everybody takes something different away from it. So, so, uh, uh, but you you were saying that you didn't you're getting to where you don't like Sid, despite oh, yeah. that one little thing. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of with you. Like I, I was just like I, I used to really like this character, and now I'm just like eh, I don't know. <laughs> I know, and it's like I can't figure it out because I feel so conflicted with all of this about how just how I feel about everybody about not knowing who's a hero not knowing who's a villain and maybe that's the whole point but it's like I feel like at at this point in time I feel like I am disliking characters that maybe I shouldn't be disliking and like siding with like the wrong one like you know what I mean (laughs) I don't know I feel I feel like I shouldn't I feel like I shouldn't be siding with David I feel like I should like hate him for like everything he has done and like represents but he's like our main person that we've been following and so I'm like invested in him and his story and I I don't know even even if he is the villain or whatever but then like and because then like now that Sid's opposing him it's like I feel like I should be supporting her like especially as a woman like I really feel like I should be behind her and I just I'm finding myself having a hard time doing that right now I, I'm I, I'm with you uh, uh, me saying <laughs> it comes off way different than you saying it True. but um, 
I, I don't know. I I know that we've talked about this in the other episodes of Legion, especially in season two, but the out and out brilliance of this show for me absolutely is this like sometimes you think you're the hero of the story and you're just not like no matter what your point of view is there's always somebody that's going to see you as the bad guy and in every single character like even by the end this new character switch like she's not the hero of the story like Mm -hmm. she could very much just be saving the wrong person um, and she thinks she's doing the right thing. And it just, it floors me that there's a show that, that does that. Yeah. This show is very brilliant on a lot of levels. This, this and Mr. Robot. Um, oh my gosh. The, the two, oh, I love these shows. Like they, they have a lot of rewatch potential where not a lot of shows do like, especially show, sometimes, you know, you get that reveal and then there's, it's not worth going back to re to rewatch it. Right. But with both of these shows, like going back and doing rewatches, it just sort of adds to it. And you see everything in a completely different way because you have more answers and like, you see the different pieces of the puzzle. I've noticed that, especially in my Mr. Robot rewatch. Like I remember not totally loving season two, but I like, I so much more appreciate everything that season two did now that I know where season three goes. That makes sense. And I feel like it's going to be the same with Legion as well. Yeah. um, I I don't want to derail it and talk about Mr. Robot, but um, I know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's totally. I I mean, I do. I just, I feel bad for anybody who's like, but I don't watch Mr. Robot. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Um, it's the it's a best Mr. Robot show podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Literally the best show on TV. Um, but yeah, so rewatching it, uh, you're, you're totally right. Um, I think for most of the show's existence, I had a lot of sympathy for Darlene and rewatching it. I start seeing, not that I don't still have sympathy for her. She grew up in the same twisted, messed up world that Elliot did. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually the fact that she's not uh, nearly as broken, I guess, as he is, uh, is something to be said about how strong she is. But I also have seen like how completely manipulative she is. Yes. Not just with Elliot, but with everybody and like i just rewatched the episode uh episode nine of season three where she uh seduces dom yes to to get the badge and like it really brought everything home where i was like wait so this is very like this is the extreme version of everything she's really been doing since the moment we met her yes and maybe she doesn't always realize it and it's 100% not completely her fault because in her ways she's as messed up as, as Elliot she's just not she's not fractured the way he is but oh my god <laughs> like it just made me not really like her that much <laughs> Yeah, I I've kind of found myself in the same boat. I remember the 
first time through all of the seasons feeling more sorry for her in a lot of ways. But yeah, I don't know why it is. It's not like the character is doing different things, but may- and maybe it's just because like I know what I know, but it's like I see that all the manipulation or I'm just maybe I just straight up forgot it. I don't know, but I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I mean, and she's kind of just like her mother based on what we know of the mother if we can trust what Elliot has said, but it sounds like she's her mother was quite manipulative as well. Yes. Oh, it's uh, it, and it it kind of just broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah, it's sad. And uh, Tyrell is the other the other character that I've had the most like flip floppy kind of feelings on because I mean I still I in the original watch i still like i I was sympathetic towards him but still very much like no you like you're not a good dude but then this time through like (laughs) i kept seeing like how like it's just this this guy who so wanted a purpose that like everybody he kind of just kept glomming on to whatever he thought would give him a purpose including possibly his marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, by the time we get to him in that interrogation room and that crooked FBI dude being like, yeah, your wife's dead. Your kid's in an orphanage. If you ever say anything, I promise you'll never see him again. And him just like breaking down and crying. I was like, I feel so bad for this guy. Like so bad for this dude. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I kind of, I haven't, gotten far enough like into season three to kind of reevaluate my feelings on season three but yeah i feel bad for him too more i feel like he's way more of a sympathetic character than i gave him credit for the first run through i guess and i really truly forgot how ruthless his wife was yeah it's like oh holy cow yeah i i did too like i it was always there. And it was. I, I guess maybe, I don't know, it's one of those things you're like, oh no, uh, maybe it's a, a, a bias on our parts where it's like, well, the male character is obviously the ruthless, manipulative one. And she's just kind of like, well, we've got to do what we've got to do. And then you watch it and you're like, well, wait, no, she told him to go up on that roof and kill that lady. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, granted, he did it, but right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that definitely makes him still a bad guy, but you just wind up feeling more sorry for him and less sympathetic towards her. Um, like when she's in the hospital and she she kind of gives him that like really cold like brush off about uh, she something to the effect of like she's she's done this once before and like, don't come back until you're the man you're supposed to be or something to that effect. And it's like, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, I derailed it talking about Mr. Robot, but yeah, Yeah. it's changed my perspective of a lot of characters. Like a lot like this show to the point where I'm like, the only character I don't really see as having like straight up, uh, 
I guess, bad guy stuff is Dom. Yeah. And that's probably just because we don't know enough about her life. Potentially. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I, I hope there's a lot of her in season four. I really like Grace Gummer. Yeah, she is really good. I really like her, too. She has to be pretty prominent in season four. I would. I mean, granted, it's been a long while since I've watched that finale, but I'll get back to it soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since we were talking about Mr. Robot, you know Stephanie and... Um, uh, what's, her, what's her name? Stephanie Corneliuson, who mm-hmm. plays Tyrell's wife. You know she's going to be in Legion this season, right? Yes, I saw her in the trailer, and I heard yeah. you guys talking about it. I was like, ah, oh, that's I'm awesome. kind of excited for that. I am too. She is great. She it's, is so yeah. good. It's weird. She seems like such a. This is going to sound like negative towards other uh, actors that are in pop culture geeky stuff, but she seems like such a dramatic, super serious actor. And she's now shown up in a number of uh, uh, geeky things. She was in, what, two episodes of Legends? Yeah. Uh, as yep. uh, the Soviet lady? Yeah, she was the Russian firestorm. Yeah. Yeah, Firestorm. Um, and uh, now Legion. And I guess Mr. Robot is on the geeky side, but it's very dramatic. So yeah. it's just, yeah. She, to be so good, she has not done that much. And it's kind of fascinating. Like, I, I hope she's about to get a lot more work because I think she's fantastic. She is pretty great. I do I do really like her. So I'm excited to see her on Legion. I can't wait till we get to that part. Because, okay, so as I was watching this, especially once we got to the end, I was, I was getting this, like, odd feeling. I was like, I hope Legion doesn't do this thing where we just end up watching, like, the same event over and over and over. I mean, I know they did it throughout the episode because they were, you know, trying to prove a point and, and set the stage and introduce us to switch to switch and everything but i don't know do you, you don't think they'll continue to kind of draw this particular event out i don't i, don't I would hope not i mean so the episode ends with what i i don't know no. i really don't know what happened at the end so this is my reading of what happened at the end somehow they knew they were coming yeah even though they had went through all of this stuff to make sure um, it it didn't happen. And this was our fourth, I think, walkthrough of the events. And this time we got to see it from their end. Um, yeah. And we don't know how far she went back, how far Switch went back after she left uh, the astral plane. So, but the house is there as they're approaching. I love the 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 what it, it's not called a hook. What do they call it? Where they hook the uh, dude and pull him out of the front. Uh, I, I don't know, but I remember like sitting there watching that. I'm like, are they really do? Are they really doing that? So <laughs> I don't remember they, what that's called. They did similar stuff in uh, the end of season two when they're out in the desert. Yes. yes. Like there's a bunch of weird stuff. Like there's like the giant, uh, like 
tub stopper thing. It's like, this is so bizarre. Um, so, so it, I was like, yeah, I remember some of this stuff from season two, but like, it's just so bizarre. Um, but so like we see their, the raid from their side and they go to like hook that dude out of the frame and then everything just disappears and there's a giant hole in the ground. Yeah. So somehow they moved the house. Like through time and space. Or at least through space. Maybe not time. Ooh, now that's an interesting take. Because I've been... I was was like, I cannot really figure it out. I was like, did they successfully bomb it? I, I couldn't... I don't know. I was very confused on the ending. So I like I like your interpretation of it because I didn't really know what to think other than like Farouk because he'd had the conversation with Switch and like, you know, orchestrated some like secret bombing or whatever. Because the only nod we get to the fact that at least she's alive is her tooth because she loses right. her tooth at the end. So I'm like, we know she has to have gone further back because her tooth came out. And she, cause as she was debating on how far to go, she kept like playing with her tooth and then not going back far. So I was like, well, that's, that puts a whole nother wrinkle in her abilities. Yeah, does, does traveling in time cause some kind of like physical degradation, which would be really, that that's a really interesting way to cap the time travel. Yeah. Or maybe it's like because she was doing it over and over and over, like for the same event. Maybe I don't know. I couldn't couldn't quite I don't have a good theory on that, but I thought that was another fascinating aspect was that she ended up like losing her tooth <laughs> over it. So yeah, that so yeah, it ends with them look looking at her tooth and the yeah. house is gone. And there's a so, crater. <laughs> yeah. So my interpretation was that somehow they transported it. That David has a teleporter or possibly is a teleporter. Um, and one of her his personas. I feel like so, we've seen him do that before. I would totally buy that he teleported everything. And then if there was a bomb. That you know would, what? I think you're right. You we know? have. And I'm, see, pretty I'm pretty sure. sure in season two we see him teleport. Yeah, I think so too. I need so, to go back and rewatch. <laughs> see, because <laughs> there's that like hallway fight scene, right? In season yeah. two, yeah, uh, there's the multiple ones. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's some teleportation stuff there. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for where this season's going. We know, uh, I guess, without really spoiling too much. Um, cause I, I avoided a lot of stuff except for a few casting things. Like I knew this actress that they cast for switch. I knew that they had cast an actor to play Charles Xavier, which is Legion's father, mm-hmm. um, professor X for X-Men people. Um, and I knew, uh, when I saw that, uh, Stephanie Cornelius and was in the show, I looked up who she was playing. She's playing Gabri- Gabrielle. Holler, Haller, however you say his last name. Yeah. Haller, I think. Um, which is his mom. So I I'm interested to see if this is flashback stuff or now that we have a time traveler in the mix, mm-hmm. traveling back in time to meet his parents. 
yeah that's that's a good question that's a really good question i don't i don't know but either way i'm excited for it whether he's physically going back or she's going back or she can can she take people with her like can she take i guess we don't know yeah well she was going to right she kept trying to get him to go with her through the door oh that's shot so i guess she she had she can we just haven't seen her do it um god what if they moved the whole house back in time what if she did that she they didn't teleport it she actually transported the whole house through time whoa that'd be cool too that'd be crazy which maybe maybe that's why she lost her tooth because of all of the stuff she took with her yeah oh god i can't wait for the second episode Uh, (laughs) i know so the last thing I want to say is um, I don't know how much attention you pay to like directors and writers and what have you, especially for shows that aren't created by Sam Esmail. Um, <laughs> uh, although Noah Hawley is rocketed to the list of the my second favorite person involved with television. Um, yes. and I'm like, why isn't this guy doing everything? Watch um, Fargo. I, I've got to. I've got to. Um, and apparently to. he's still talking uh, even after the Disney buyout. So he had uh, been approached by Fox uh, due to like his contract with FX and them about doing a straight up Dr. Doom film. Oh. Um, and of course with the Disney's buying Fox, blah, 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 blah. Everybody just assumed that that had gone by the wayside. Like anybody that had any kind of talks or deals or whatever, like they're not going to make those movies. So just forget about it. But then he comes out this week while he's doing press for the premiere saying, Oh no, I've met with Kevin Feige. Like (gasps) we don't have a deal, but like we've had talks, like I'm still very much interested in working with them. And I'm like, Oh my God, are we going to get Noah Hawley doing the fantastic four? Cause I will lose my ever loving freaking mind. If that happens, that would be amazing. We might actually get a good fantastic four out of that. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget where I was going with all this. We we're talking about Noah Hawley and paying attention to directors and writers. Oh. So the director for this episode is <laughs> a guy named Andrew Stanton. And I lost it when his name came up at the end. Um, this is a guy that, uh, directed Finding Nemo, Wally, Finding Dory. Oh. He's a Pixar dude. Oh, fascinating. And this is very much not a Pixar thing. <laughs> no, it's not, but. So, yeah. His, uh, I mean, his. This is his his credits: A Bug's Life, Finding Nemo, Wally, John Carter, Finding Dory. I mean, those are straight up Disney movies. John Carter was his like. I don't know if you ever saw that. I um, didn't, but I heard about it. I mean, I know that it's not a cartoon, so. No, yeah, it, he wanted to jump to live action. Disney, you know, let him do that, but. It was not, I don't think it was the movie he intended to make. He was kind of hamstrung by like, no, you have to have all of this like tentpole thing to it. Mm. Um, 
it's not bad. Uh, it actually does deal a little bit with, uh, I don't want to call it time travel, but he travels from like the civil war to the planet Mars. Um, and kind of, it, it's interesting to see like somebody from that time period, like adapting to all of that. Um, but it, it's not bad. So that was his like shot at live action failed miserably goes back to Pixar for finding Dory. And then I, I think he's still working with Pixar, but he's directed two episodes of stranger things an episode of better call Saul. And now one episode of Legion. Ooh. And I thought this was just phenomenal. Like, it was, was fantastic. Like, oh my God. Like, when his name popped up, I was like, God, like this is the kind of stuff he should be doing. And hopefully he gets more and more shots of stuff like, I, I mean, if he and Noah Hawley can do this, if you put these two in a room to do Fantastic Four, I I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, and you don't watch Better Call Saul, do you? I don't. No, I haven't watched it. It It's, it's interesting. Um, it, it has very similar themes to this of like how far can I go before I'm just the the bad guy like am I still a good guy if I do this you know or it's very similar in that way um it just doesn't have the like weirdness to it that makes this show so great (laughs) that's fair yeah, I lost it when I text uh, when I I texted when I uh, saw the name pop up at Andrew Stanton. I was like, oh my god! I texted my buddy Spencer like this long rant. I was like, if anybody's sleeping on this show, they're an effing idiot. It's like the <laughs> second best show on television. Like I cannot believe what I just saw. It was directed by Andrew freaking Stanton. Like I just I lost it. So. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for season two. I can't wait to see who directed that episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, but anyway, yeah, we rambled on long enough. Um, I'm on. Well, I'm not on Twitter. The show's on Twitter. I don't really do Twitter much anymore. Um, at Mr. Robot Podcast, which I don't know what's going to happen when Mr. Robot's over. <laughs> I've been wondering. I have a too. whole new show. Um, well, that's assuming Ryan's even back. <laughs> oh. Um, but uh, you can email us, Mr. Robot Podcast at gmail dot com. You should 100% uh, tweet at Polk79, P-O-L-K-7-9, and tell Ryan, hey, man, sorry you weren't on the show. Hope everything's okay. Come back soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you have your stuff if you'd like to pimp it. Sure. Um, I mean, you can find me personally on Twitter at Justin Atlanta. Or I also have a Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which is off until January. <laughs> but if you want to find us, it's called Tomorrow's Legends. And on Twitter, it's at Tomorrow's Legends. But it's just one R in the in the handle. So that's where you can find us. So do you think this is it? Or do you think because, Legends? Arrow's, yeah, because Arrow's ending, do you think they squeeze out one more season? Ooh. I I don't know. I think I think season five is quite literally like make or break. If it, I think if the ratings stay as low as they've been through season four, 
we're probably not coming back for season six is my is my guess oh i saw a lot of negativity about season uh four and i get that people like uh magical creatures but it was so fun like I, i just did not have any problems with it like i thought it was uh it, it, I thought it, in Mr. Robot terms, I thought it was the Back to the Future Part 2 of the <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. I was just like, oh, they've like reinvented the whole show. <laughs> they did. And I think, I mean, it kind of wore thin in some places. It was just, they continued to struggle with a big cast. And we were hoping they would thin it out. And they didn't. Like, almost at all. <laughs> so... I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens in season five. It's got a pretty solid teaser to it. I mean, the teaser is basically like serial killers and so I'm like, ooh, as far as like quote monsters of the week go, that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the magical creatures, but I'm very much a like myth and legends kind of guy. So yeah. like, oh, it's you know, the fairy godmother. Oh, turns out she's evil. <laughs> <laughs> this is not nice. Um, like all the of that best stuff. Thing. Yeah, and the, the way they brought her back was just—I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> I know it was so great. I that I was that was probably one of the most shocking moments of the entire season. <laughs> Evil her Ray. return. Oh my god, I loved yeah. Evil Ray. I did too. Did you ever watch Chuck? Yes. Okay, so you've seen Brandon Routh do. Mm-hmm. Semi villain before. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. He's great. I really liked him. I, I know. I really liked it too. It kills me that his career stalled because of that Superman movie. Because I I think had it been a massive success, he would be looking not that it's not okay to have I mean, I love him on television, but I think yeah. he would be looking at something much bigger than you know, like just TV. He'd be doing TV and like major films, you know, but yeah. whatever. I'll take weekly Brandon Routh any day. I know. We get to see a lot more of him this way anyway. He's so freaking charming. Yes. He it's really is. That um, whole cast is, though. They all are. Every time I see interviews with him, I was like, mm-hmm. God, I just want to hang out with these people. Right? Me too. Oh, Nick Zano, Zano, however you say his name, he's going to be at Dragon Con this year. I'm so excited. Oh, and so is Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Uh, there's this whole uh, thing uh, when, with me and some friends of mine. Uh, it's very uh, like, huh? But like, so man crushes, like I really <laughs> only have two. Jason Momoa and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> like, that's it. Like I've, I've got standards when it comes to like dudes. I'm just like, well, you know, I mean, I don't like dudes, but come on. Um, Matt Ryan's pretty effing close though. Uh-huh. Like not from a like just look standpoint, but like he's the guy I look at. Like there's always like, oh, girls like the bad boys. And I'm always just like, whatever. But I look at Matt Ryan. I'm like, nah, I can see it. (laughs) I kind of just want to hang out with him, man. And just be like, well, I can't believe we wound up here. (laughs) Yeah, me too. He seems so fun. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try and see them this year. Uh, Good luck. I will not be a dragon. (laughs) 
I will. <laughs> it's so many people. <laughs> it is so many people. When they cap the attendance, I will start going. But the last time I went, I got like knocked over four times. It's like, I I just can't do this. Uh, my anxiety <laughs> is just through the roof. After like four hours, I'm like, I got to go home. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm, I very much need like to decompress after it, but I do, uh, I do enjoy it. It's fun for me. I think if I just did the panels, I'd probably be okay. It's the like walking through everything, you know, that, that really That's gets kills. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll have a full report. Are, are you doing any panels? Great question. Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I they, guess it's still really early. I mean, we're what, three we're months away? Yeah, for Dragon Con. Yeah, <laughs> since they don't decide things until like the day before. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, they probably won't start calling for you to apply for panels, at least on the main track where I'm going to apply for panels until July. At least that's what they did last year. So it's getting close. I need to probably keep a pretty close eye on their Facebook page so I don't miss it. (laughs) But yeah, because I want to do a Legion one and I want to do a Legends one. And I did those both last year. So I'm hopeful that I'll, you know, be considered again because I already did them, if that makes sense. And now I can say, hey, I did a Legion podcast and I do a Legends podcast. So you should pick me. (laughs) Yep. I I say 100% too much, but yes. Definitely. <laughs> um, uh, it kind of irks me that there's no Mr. Robot presence, but I understand it's sci-fi, you know, superhero stuff. But Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a place for it on, it's a different, because Dragon Con is structured with tracks. If anybody's super curious yeah. about it, you can tweet me about it and I'll explain it to you. But like Mr. Robot is on a different track. Oddly enough, the only superhero thing over there is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the only one that's not in, like, the American sci-fi media. It's bizarre. But anyways, so I ended up doing a panel for them. But I tried reaching out to them, like, on Facebook and stuff. And they don't have as many people, I think, like, supporting them. So I haven't heard anything. But I was like, hey, I'd love to do a Mr. Robot panel. But I think that was, but that was back when I thought we might get season four this year. There's no way we're going to get it, especially not for Dragon Con. But. Yeah. So. That still doesn't mean we can't. I, I I think I might be down to do a panel. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get in touch with some people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hold me to it if it happens. Uh, okay. Um, You're not I, that far I, away. Yeah, with, I, I don't know. I think it would be fun. I think I would have a lot of anxiety about it, but if there's people there that are interested room. in the show, yeah, yeah, that is one thing I like. The one I used to go all the time, I did like that. For the most part, it's not like the Hall H stuff. Like you see Hall H, and you're just like, oh my god, yeah. Um, it's like seating at a football field. Um, the rooms were very, very small and somewhat intimate. So like. Yeah. You could ask somebody a question. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if you do, if you lead the fan panels, which is, ba- I mean, which is mostly what we do. Like any of the panels that I'm on are just like, it's just fans. There's no actors. There's no one famous. It's just us sitting up there talking about shows that we love. And there's a lot of audience interaction 
Um, but it's usually not super highly attended. The Mr. Robot one was pretty good there. I mean, I think there were like probably 30 people in the room oh, considering wow. two of us just sort of like sat down and were like, Hey, we actually watched the show. So sure. We'll, we'll lead this. Let's go. We do a live <laughs> podcast. We could. Okay. All right. It- I'm not going to do any of the legwork on this Just to be totally upfront. But if that happens, I'm in I will will 100% be in Assuming you want me there Um, I would 100% be in And I I bet I could twist Ryan's arm So assuming he's not like "Uh, Okay, I feel better Uh, Let's get back to podcasting So I bet I could twist his arm And be like, man Could do a live podcast at DragonCon Be freaking awesome yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet I could twist his arm for that. So, anyway, oh, rambling. Go do all that stuff. Definitely go check out Jess's stuff. Uh, and definitely tweet. If you don't do anything else, tweet Ryan. Just. Yeah. To, yeah. I, I don't. I. I don't like doing the show without him. I don't mind it, but like, eh, he's like the anchor. You know? I know. It's the be ship's weird. just like sailing in the middle of the ocean. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had a blast and I'm like super excited to be talking about Legion. But yeah, it is. It does feel like someone's missing. <sighs> so, yeah, we'll be back next week talking about episode two. Uh, we don't have a lot of them. So it's going to be uh, kind of fast. Yeah, really fast. And then. Uh, at some point simultaneously, I'm going to be podcasting about Preacher <laughs> uh, with my cousin Elizabeth, who is catching up on it, assuming Ryan uh, is not back by then, which she, she'll join us if he is back. But it'll yeah. definitely be me and her talking about Preacher, which I, I think in the interim is a show that you may or may not enjoy, Jess, and you should try to catch up on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> oh God, what's his name? Dominic... Uh, uh, no, um, is it Cooper? He played uh, 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 Tony's dad in the Agent Carter series. Dadgummit. Oh, uh, from Mad Men. Yeah. The dude yeah. from Mad Men. I, I guess. I didn't watch Mad Men. But oh. no, no, he played him in the movies. I'm talking about in the Agent Carter series. Oh, 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 sorry. I get the two of them confused. I can't remember who's in the movie and who's not. I, yes, I know who you're talking about. Cooper. Dominic Cooper. There we go. I mean, he's, he also seems like a very fun dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't they all? It's in the first Captain America movie. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, um, anyway, yeah. Uh, go do all that stuff. We'll be back uh, fairly soon with episode two. Yay. Here's a little ghost for the offering Yeah, 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 yeah Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling